Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Hello everyone and welcome once again. Happy New Year. This is the first show of the new year, 2017. A lot of things have been happening since the uh, turn of the uh, new year. And I want to uh, uh, say it again, Happy New Year. Uh, I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and I'm also joined by my esteemed co-host, Jeff the Joker, and we make up the FSP Crew Show. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220. The place to be if you want to talk to JT, Jeff, and this is the place it, it will be. Uh, we have a chat room sitting out there if you'd like to jump in the chat room and make a statement, uh, make a statement comment or ask a question you can also do that we do that for your convenience you whatever you put into it is what you get out of it it is what it is um first off let me uh bring my esteemed co-host in we haven't talked um for for quite a while and uh uh bring him in what's up jeff how you doing my man hey jerry happy new year same to you man uh i wanted to say that but i guess no no no, I don't. You know, that's a good question. I, I, I said I exchanged Happy New Year's a few times today. And one of the times I, I, I exchanged it, I say, you know, to myself, I didn't say it to the person I was uh, uh, saying Happy New Year to. When is it? What is the cutoff date? Is, what I mean, is it is it uh, a week, two weeks, a month? When is the cutoff date? You tell me. Do you know? I don't know. I guess it's one of those things. There's there's no real rule on that. I mean, yeah. as far as I know. But then, you know, I, I was talking to somebody. I'm not sure when it is, but there's Chinese New Year, and uh, in 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 uh, usually September. Uh, there's sometimes it goes into October's Jewish New Year. You know, so there's more than mm-hmm. one New Year. You know. Uh, that's that's true. Is it in September the Chinese New Year, or is it in February? What's what's in February? They have no, a no, two no. week. So, no, no. Two... The, the the Jewish New Year is in September. Uh, right. The oh, Chinese okay. thing is after January first. Uh, yes, it starts in February, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's like a two week um, celebration so, that they have. Maybe you're right, but it's it's uh, it's after. January 1st. Right, right. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, I also wanted to, to uh, take a moment, Jeff, to I don't think this ever happened since the time we've been on the air, whether you've talked uh, on uh, FSP show or FSP crew show or you've jumped in on um, the master plan. Uh, any, any particular year that you and I 
and Vic and all that uh, that little small circle we have have played fantasy football together and in in fantasy football leagues. That you won not one, but two of the leagues that we're in. I have to congratulate you on that. Um, that's a hell of an accomplishment, and uh, you did a hell of a job uh, you know, uh, capturing both uh, both crowns. Thank you very much. And as you know, I mean, I try to put the effort in. You, Vic, and some of the other owners are very worthy opponents. I was really hoping in the Yahoo League, the way it was set up, that I'd play you in the playoffs and then Vic in the finals because I, I, right. I saw the the playoff grid. It didn't work out that way. Right. Um, but uh, I did play you in the finals of the ESPN League. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I, I've had that situation before. I mean, uh, and, and you figure you'd rather play your friend than somebody else in the finals because usually, uh, depending on the league, the runner-up will get a little something too. So, mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's funny, in that ESPN League, uh, ever since I joined, I think in, uh, I'm trying to think the year, maybe 2009, I, I don't I think, think I've there. had a losing season. But it 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 doesn't mean a thing if you don't get the ring. So I wanted that ring. I wanted the championship so bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and it's funny because it's usually – I was looking at my records in that league. In the usually, it's in the the odd number of years. I'll I'll put up like double digit victories, and then the even number of years, I'll win like seven or eight games and get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the thing is with um with fantasy, I guess it's similar to NFL. You know, it doesn't matter how many wins you get in a regular season. Playoffs are one and done. You know. Yep. Yep. So I've always, once in a while, I've, well, some leagues will have these crazy formats, which I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of. Uh, mm-hmm. Buddies in a league like that, um, but uh, you know, uh, but the thing is, it the if you're a league and you have usually at least twelve teams, which you know, ten team leagues can be good, but let's say to have six teams make the playoffs for a fantasy league, usually you got to have at least twelve teams in the league. Right. And the good thing about six teams making the playoffs is you get a very nice incentive for being the top two seeds. You get the first round bye. Right. Because if you're sometimes if you're in a ten team league and four teams make the playoffs, which, you know, I'm fine with, you know, you should have to have at least a winning record to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it happen. You could be like twelve and one, yet you hit a bump the in the first week of the playoffs, <laughs> you know, kiss it goodbye. <laughs> And, Jeff, but that Jeff, you know, part of the strategy is trying to line up the matchups. Did that happen to you, unfortunately? Uh, Je- Jeff, let me let me let me tell you this. I, I'm I'm the commissioner of my family's league. I've been for for a few quite a few years now. Oh, a few years. I shouldn't say quite a few years. So I run the draft, uh, um, and I take care because it's it's a money league that we have. It's not really crazy money, but it's a decent amount of money that the winner and second and place gets and whoever and uh i put together along with uh waiver wire and, and my draft and uh, uh, a very smart um trade a extremely powerful lineup i was the highest scorer in the league 
had the best record. When you when you say twelve and one, ironically, I was twelve and one in this league. Twelve and one in this league, blown everybody away. Um, I mean, and 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 I'm serious. I think I only had maybe maybe out of the thirteen weeks in the ESPN league, I may have had two two um, close contests the whole league. Quite naturally, um, best record, I have the number one seed. Quite naturally, in, in this league, it's a 14-team league. Um, no buys. Everybody, it, it's, uh, it's open season from, from the first round until um, it gets down to the last two. I go up against the eighth seed. My lowest score by far in the first round, I get knocked out. In the first round. Now, after the first round, quite naturally, you're still playing, but you're not really playing for anything because um, you're in a consolation round now. Um, I went back to my regular score, and I was blowing everybody away. But the first round, I go up against the eighth seed. Absolutely, I get my butt kicked with the lowest possible scores I could possibly get. I mean, it it was like a... Uh, 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 what, what could go wrong went wrong. Let me put it that way. What could go wrong went wrong. And I get knocked out. And ironically, the eighth, eighth seed made it all the way to the championship. He didn't win, but um, he made it all the way to the championship round. He got second, and he gets second place money. So when you say 12-1, I feel that pain because I've been there. And I always said the same thing you said earlier, that – once you get into playoffs, records don't mean squat because it's one and done, and I, I, I've lived it. And quite naturally, more, a lot of people lived it, but you being the number one seed, you expect to get at least past the first round because you, you eight, eight seed, and he had a negative record. He had a negative record. He was below 500, I think, by at least a couple of games. But it is what it, it, is, what it is. So I know and I understand what you're talking about. There's- now, there's some fantasy GMs who really try to load up on guys with those good matchups during the playoff week. But mm-hmm. to me, that's a little bit of a luxury. My priority is just putting together a solid group of guys. Right. Uh, you know, if, if I'm doing well in the standings, you know, and I'm tweaking the roster late in the year, I, I, I'll look, you know, for the defense, maybe the kicker maybe a tight end of who's got the good playoff matchups. And mm-hmm. one year I did a pretty good job with that because um, there were some very clear good matchup guys available. And probably, you know, defense is very dependent on matchup. So so's kicker and tight end very uh, dependent on matchup. But, uh, you know, some guys I think overdo that because your first priority is, is winning. You know, if you don't make the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you have guys with good Week 16 matchups. Doesn't matter at all. Exactly, exactly. And, and um, I'm talking about in, in in shock disbelief because the lineup I had, um, I had two quarterbacks. Either I could go with Derek Carr or Dak Prescott. I had Lashawn McCoy. Uh, I had Todd Gurley, but I didn't really use him that much because I had. Um, who did I have in, along with him? Uh, well, I, let me put it this way. Todd Gurley was my second running back, but I had LaShawn McCoy. I had Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, uh, uh, Des Bryant. Um, oh, I had Spencer Ware. 
and, and I think Spencer Ware got hurt uh, that week. Um, or what? I think it was either Spencer. Yeah, Spencer Ware got hurt that week, or before that. I mean, my my line I had to, Antonio Gates and Cameron Brady as my tight ends. I mean, I I, I had. I thought I had a pretty good lineup compared to uh, 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 most of my guys were in the, at least in the top 12. Um, and for whatever reason, they decided they didn't want to show up uh, the first week of the playoffs. And I think I only had um, two, two of the, my players in that week scoring double digits. I think that, that was that crazy. Um, I look at it right now. Let me see what I see. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Let me put it this way: LaShawn McCoy, I had 22 points in that league. Antonio Gates had 11, and and my next highest score was my kicker Matt Prater, who had 10. Everyone else had single digits. Yeah. And so, what are you going to do? And, I think and, some and, of those guys got hurt that week too. Uh, I know. I think Spencer Ware, Spencer Ware got hurt that week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but all the other ones didn't get hurt. They just didn't come out. They just – Des Bryant had one point. That was the they, that they played the Giants. He only had one point. I remember and, that. And I, th- I remember that, yeah. he, he, only, he only had one point. Mari Cooper decided he wasn't going to show up. Mike Evans, playing New Orleans – he didn't even get double digits. I mean, it was like you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. So yeah. it is what it is. I mean, it, it, it's over and done with. It's uh, 2017 is is uh, uh, not too far away, believe it or not. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of things happening in the world in the NFL. Um, coaches have come. I mean, coaches have gone, and others have come. Uh, starting off with uh, uh, a few days after the first of the year, your old coach decided he uh, wanted to go back to his old stomping grounds where he um, uh, 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 made a name for excuse me made a name for himself and, and went back as the uh, 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 vice president of uh, football operations if I'm not mistaken. I'm talking about Tom Coplin who went back to the Jaguars and the interim coach that was uh, the interim coach for the last two games that Jaguars played, uh, became now the head coach in Doug Marone, which I think that's going to be a pretty good um, uh, uh, combination that uh, as long as Tom Coffin can not uh, uh, put his hands or or whatever, uh, so to speak, uh, uh, into Doug Marone's business and let him – coach the team I think um, the Jaguars are in pretty good hands with a, a guy that's a no-nonsense guy at the head um, in Tom Coughlin uh, which is going to um, push that philosophy down down to the I guess to the head coach and quite naturally to all the players that um, past the head coach um, even the uh, v- VP and in charge of football operations don't don't play um so you got to toe the line and, and and do your job so i think that's a a, a good hire what you talking about the uh not what i'm talking about what's your thoughts on uh, tom coughlin and, and um, going back well, to jaguars and doug marone being the head coach I, 
I want to interject that there's a late breaking story that, and we're probably going to get to this later. The new uh, L.A. Chargers um, are going to hire Anthony Lynn as their head coach. That the NFL Network was uh, breaking that story right before we went on the air. Now, okay. Tom Coughlin has wanted to uh, be a head coach after the Giants let him go, and right. it's not surprising that he's back in Jacksonville because he uh, he's he's very popular in that area. Uh, he left there on uh, pretty good terms, and he did build that uh, team when they were an expansion team. And I think, uh, with all due respect, uh, you know, Coughlin seems very vigorous, but he is in his 70s, and maybe the front office might be better for him than a head coach because the head coach is very physically demanding. So, But I don't think he has any real front office experience. But he might have been – I think he was doing a lot of personnel decisions when he was uh, in Jacksonville. But in, with the Giants, you know, they had Jerry Reese uh, running that. Um, but uh, front office might be better for him. But, uh, you know, front office is not easy. Um but it might be a better match for Coughlin. I mean, I have mixed feelings about Coughlin. I mean, of course, I love the two Super Bowls, but uh, except for those two Super Bowls, uh, the Giants uh, weren't very good at times. And, uh, you know, uh, just last year, you know, this is a guy, you know, I I never really bought into a lot of his off-the-field rules. I I don't think anyone could prove that it leads to on-the-field success. And this is a guy who prides himself on, uh, you know, uh, finding a practice squad guy for not washing his jock, but then he plays pocket pool while his star wide receiver runs amok during a game. I, I, I mm-hmm. can't figure that out, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, I, 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 it's only been one year, but I, I like Ben McAdoo. I like his business-like approach, you know, because I think about work. It's like, I don't like a boss who huffs and puffs. I like a boss who shows up, good morning, how's everybody doing? This is what Mm -hmm. we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. No threats, no huffing and puffing, just Mm -hmm. business. You know what I'm saying? That's what I like. You know, I I think that's what most, that's what works. You know, don't tell me how tough you are. Don't tell me how smart you are. Don't tell me how bad you are. You know, just, just spare me the nonsense. And just, you know, let's take care of business. That That's what right. I like, and I think that's what right. works in the NFL. That's what works in the real world. Well, let me ask you something. Um, what do you think? You said you like McAdoo, but how do you think he's handling um, his star wide receiver? Well, the problem is, you know, I, I can't stand Beckham, but mm-hmm. I can't deny his talent. And mm-hmm. they're kind of – him because they're not going to get good value if they trade him. You know, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, and this is fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, if they could make a trade and it would include a guy like uh, an A.J. Green or a Julio Jones, I'd, I'd make that trade in a heartbeat. But that's not going to happen, you know. Yeah. And it's very right. hard to trade star players in the NFL. And mm-hmm. believe me, if they trade him for a first-round draft pick or something – that that's not getting good value, and you know, uh, I think unless he's willing to take a big pay cut, Victor Cruz uh, is probably gone. He's supposed to be the leader of the wide receivers. Yeah, well, he led them to some stupid uh, cruise with Justin Bieber and Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's very well documented. Um, you know, uh, you think he'd be the one 
who talk him out of it, or at least talk him out of taking a photo. And, uh, you know, when you're on a cruise with guys like Justin Bieber and Johnny Manziel, you hope you can pass the urine test, you know, which is another yep. issue. Yep. Um, you know, uh, ridiculous. Um, but, you know, if they win the game, you know, it's forgotten. But they didn't win the game. They only played about 27 minutes. And, mm-hmm. you know, Beckham is one of these guys who craves the spotlight. Well, um, he he didn't really do much. So, hey, you wanted it. You got it, buddy. But, you know, as much as the Giants faltered, hey, that Packer team is very good and very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh and, you know, they came in, banged up in the secondary, but I said if there's one guy who can make it happen, it's their defensive coordinator, one of the greats, Dom Capers. And, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, Beckham has enough experience playing in that, uh, you know, the single-digit temperature, but, you know, uh, in the uh, 2007 playoffs, that that was Plaxico Burris's finest hour as a Giant. Yep. You know, he was huge in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he figured out a way to catch a cold football. And, uh, you know, Beckham's too busy dancing around or God knows what to uh, to, to figure that out. But, you know, uh, I mean, I'd like to see Cruz fit, stay because the fans like him. He's from uh, Patterson, uh, you know, local North Jersey guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind if they brought in, you know, someone like uh, – and Anquan Bolden, somebody like that, like a real veteran leader. But, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Beckham probably thinks he knows everything. And uh, But, you know, you never know. Because look at Des Bryant. I don't, I don't know if uh, he physically isn't right or what. But, you know, early in his career, he looked terrific. And now he looks kind of ordinary. And who knows, in a couple of years, that could be Beckham. You don't know how long a guy's prime is going to last. But I'll tell you. You know, when he's hot, I mean, he he's a guy other teams have to game plan around. I mean, he's that good. Uh, and believe me, and I was thinking about this when I was a kid. Well, when I was real little, the Giants were awful. Um, and even when they were good, you know, during Phil Simms' years, he did not have great receivers to throw to. And then later on, they got a pretty good pair of receivers, uh, Ike Hilliard and Amani Toomer were a very good pair. Uh, probably they didn't get enough recognition because the Giants didn't throw it a lot. But believe me, at this point, I'd take those two guys over Beckham and, and, and Shepard, you know, because, um, you know, the, the, those guys, you know, uh, Hilliard was more of a possession guy. Uh, Amani was more of a big play guy. But, you know, they showed up. There wasn't a lot of drama, you know, none of that nonsense. And they won. You know, and uh, they blocked when they had to, and uh, they won. Yep. All right, Jeff. Um, we had some other coaching hires. We're going to get to the one you just mentioned before, uh, but I want to uh, get them in this order because of uh, of the um, chronological order. Um, yesterday, uh, we talked about uh, – not yesterday, but we did talk about the ninth, which is when Coughlin and Doug Marone were hired with the Jaguars. Uh, yesterday – um, two guys were hired on two coaching vacancies. Gary Kubiak left uh, the um, Broncos. He wasn't fired. He left the because of uh, uh, health reasons and whatever other reasons he had. And the uh, Bills had 
um, supposedly, and I'll talk about this one because this is interesting to me, uh, and, it's, and it'll, 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 it'll glide into um, what you just we talked about previously, that Anthony, Anthony Lynn was the interim coach uh, at least for the last last uh, um, um, game of the season, uh, and uh, it was all pretty much a slam dunk supposedly that he was going to be the next head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, well, lo and behold, um, even though a lot of the media thought that he would be the um, presumptive head coach. Uh, and removing the interim um, from his um, from that name, uh, he didn't get it, uh, and uh, they had other interviews. And each team each team uh, r- runs through a bunch of guys, whether they're in the playoffs or not. Uh, the interview process, and one of the interviews that uh, the Bills uh, had was with um, the defensive coordinator of the uh, Carolina Panthers, Sean McDermott. Young guy. I think he's somewhere in his 30s, um, 34, 35, somewhere around there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they impressed him enough that they decided not to go the Anthony Linway and to uh, hire Sean McDermott as their next um, head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I want to just specifically talk about that. We're going to get to the other guys. I want to just talk about what's your thoughts on Sean McDermott coming from the NFC uh, and the Carolina Panthers and going to the Buffalo Bills, and he already said that he's going to change the defense from 3-4 to 4-3, where the, the players that are there right now, minus Mario Williams, um, excelled when they were in the 4-3. And, uh, what you, and also, because... This, from what I understand, was the inmates running the asylum versus a strong head coach saying, this is the way we're going to do it, either take it or hit the road. Uh, I'm thinking Sean McDermott have to come in there and um, roll a few heads and kick a few butts to get him in line and say, this is how we're going to do it, not the way you want to do it because it hasn't worked in the last few years. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not privileged to what goes on behind the scenes in Buffalo. Um, Maybe even if they liked uh, Anthony Lynn, maybe they wanted someone from the outside. Because I think a lot of times with sports teams, and I think uh, a lot of times for also, I hate to use the example, but also in the business world, you know, when your team is winning or your company's making money, you want to promote from within. When you're not, then maybe you want somebody strong from the outside. Um, that might have been the case in Buffalo. Maybe, you know, they liked Anthony Lynn, but they really wanted someone from the outside. And uh, Lynn was, you know, he started the season as uh, uh, an assistant. I think, what was he, running backs coach, I think? And then, yes. you know, elevated the coordinator and then interim. So, uh, uh, and, and probably it's, it's easier for a guy coming from the outside to put his foot down. Now, um uh, it drives me crazy some of these teams. Well, usually when when a team switches from the four three to the three four, that drives me nuts because it's it's. I mean, b- both are good defenses, and maybe three four is a little better. But 
if you're going to do that, you have to be all in, and you might have to trade a couple of guys. Because right. if you play a 3-4 with 4-3 personnel, and believe me, for the front seven, there's a big difference, uh, it's not going to work well. And you see, when uh, Parcells made that switch back in the I guess late 90s with the Jets, you know, he had to trade a, a Hugh Douglas. Unfortunately, that that's part of it. But better right. that than guys playing out of position. But mm-hmm. then when Mangini made the same switch, uh, you know, for two years he's playing the 3-4 with 4-3 personnel, and they stunk. Right. That, that doesn't make sense. And that's, I am so glad. It's funny because the Giants became – they were a great 3-4 defense during the LT era. And yep. Yep. they drafted guys to fit that system and, and you know, uh, more than just LT. But then – Shortly afterwards, they switched to the 4-3, and I think they've been the 4-3 ever since. They draft guys for the 4-3. Oh, so it makes sense. Successful teams do. They draft guys who fit into their system. And right. a few years ago, it seemed like half the teams in the NFL were switching over to the 3-4, and, you know, and that's good. You know, it's a good system. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just glad Giants, you know, well – Last year it stunk, but this year it worked pretty go- well. They had uh, the right guys for uh, the four three, so uh, I'm just mm-hmm. glad they, they they keep sticking with it. And they they when it works, they they uh, get the right guys for that, and they're not going back and forth, you know, and uh, having guys playing out of position. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next hire that was yesterday. Uh, this guy was a popular. They felt really good about this guy two years ago before they got Gary Kubiak. Um, they, in fact, I think Kubiak got let go late, and uh, the Broncos decided to go to, to the experienced Gary Kubiak versus uh, because, I guess, the connection that John Elway had versus who they hired this year, I mean, this time, yesterday, after Gary Kubiak. They really liked this guy in the interview process, from what I understand, um, two seasons ago, um, but uh, because of the circumstances, like I just um, pointed out, Gary Kubiak was able to get there, won the Super Bowl, and then this year he was had health issues, and then health issues it, it, um, uh, turned out to say, "I've got to leave because uh, I, I can't I can't do do this anymore." Vance Joseph, a defensive coordinator, and I think this was his first year as a defensive coordinator for the um, Miami Dolphins, and he did a admirable job, even though they got torched uh, in the last appearance uh, against the uh, Buff- um, Buffalo Bills, against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and uh, now he's uh, taken over as a defensive-minded coach. Now, that's two hires yesterday. Sean McDermott was a defensive coordinator in um, uh, uh, Carolina, and Vance Joseph was a defensive coordinator and the um, um, Miami Dolphins. What's your thoughts, Vance Joseph, going to Broncos with a solid defense, um, and their issue is the quarterback, which is on the offensive side of the ball. Talk to me. You know, I I like what Joseph said. I think he said that, um, you know, that, that I, I, I don't – I don't remember exactly what he said, but he basically said the team has talent, which is absolutely right, especially on the defense. Um, 
and he said it's going to be an open competition at quarterback, which, which makes sense. I mean, you know, Simeon, he looked okay, but, uh, you know, Paxton Lynch, he, there, there's a reason they drafted him in the first round. It doesn't guarantee him a free ride, but, uh, yeah, I don't see any problem with an open competition. And I'll tell you, the, the, the thing that disappointed me with the Broncos this year was uh, their running game because, you know, when uh, Mike Shanahan, when he was uh, the head coach, they used uh, the zone-blocking running game, and it was every year it seemed like they had a different running back getting 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for fantasy purposes, that, that was key. You know, I mean, it's like they – you know, one year, I think it was Shanahan's last year, they, they were plagued with injuries. It's like they'd sign a guy off the street next week, boom, 100 yards. You know, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, last year with uh, 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 who's the guy, C.J. Miller, um, no, C.J. Anderson, I'm sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. See, a couple weeks after fantasy is over, you know, all these names escape me. And they had uh, uh, the guy from San Diego State. Uh, you know, they they were running the ball pretty well. And then this year, uh, in my dynasty league, uh, I had Devonta Booker. And, uh, you know, he looked like a good straight-ahead runner, a guy who fits well into that system. And El Stinko, man. Uh, so I'm I'm curious – if there's going to be any changes, you know, what kind of changes in the Broncos offense, but you know, they did lose some linemen. Um, but, uh, supposedly one of the benefits of that system was they didn't need star linemen, but also during the Shanahan years, they had, uh, probably the best offensive line coach, Alex Gibbs, you know, and, uh, that's a very important assistant is your uh, offensive line coach. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Kyle Shanahan is still young. He'll 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 get a shot in this league. Uh, I mean, his name helps, but believe me, they're not going to hire you because of your name. But uh, it doesn't hurt. All right. Um, just today, and we'll get to what just took what, what just got broken on NFL Network. But I got to get to this because this has real NFL implications, and this has um, fantasy implications big time. I, I I really like this hire. Um, I, well, I should say really like this. It's, it's an okay hire. I thought Kyle Shanahan was going to be the ideal spot for or, or for to go to to go to this team, um, but it's a wait and see, in my opinion, of Sean. Uh, uh, um, excuse me, um, Sean McVay getting hired as the new head coach and the youngest coach in the NFL. Um, on in a couple weeks, a couple weeks to the, almost 12 days from now, he'll be 31. But right now, hired as the youngest NFL coach in the NFL um, at 30, soon to be 31. Sean McVay goes to the LA Rams with um, some fantasy implications um, that probably most people don't realize. But um, he oversaw the Redskins, who their um, offensive um, uh, uh, output uh, was uh, accelerated. Let me put it it that way. They had a very good offensive um, 
and, and, and I, I'm I don't know exactly where it ranked in the league, but their offense was a high, very high powered offense, and it was crucial in developing quarterback Kirk Cousins. I know they're probably looking to to do that with Jared Goff, and, and definitely improve the um, offense that gained the fewest yards in the NFL in each of the last two years. Um, his last last this past year, I didn't realize it, but this past year. Uh, the Redskins' offense averaged more than 400 yards per game for the first time in franchise history and finished as the NFL's third-ranked unit. So he knows the son of John McVay of the old Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers knows a little bit about the um, uh, the offensive side of the ball. And I'm thinking, and remember I said this, this is January 12th, 2017 will be a resurgence of Kurt, uh, uh, Todd Gurley because they got an offensive-minded coach in there, and they're going to use their best asset to the fullest. Talk to me about what you think about Sean McVay being hired as the uh, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, well, uh, I have to make a correction. Uh Sean McVay does have an NFL pedigree, um, uh, and you're not the first person to confu- confuse McVay and McKay. McVay oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Is, you know where I'm going. His grandfather had been head coach of the New York Giants in the late 70s, uh, and, and he, he was the head coach for uh, the Miracle at the Meadowlands game, actually. Uh, was not... His fault, it was more so the fault of the offensive coordinator. Right. Uh, people are still scratching their head about that one. But uh, he went on, and but, but believe me, uh, John McVay was no dummy because he was a very successful uh, general manager with the 49ers. Exactly, And had a lot yes, to do right. with uh, five Super Bowl rings. Uh, obviously, I mean, McVay is a young man, but mm-hmm. – uh, uh, you know, uh, NFL teams, they want young head coaches, a, a guy with a lot of energy, uh, a guy who could hold the job for a long time. I guess the best recent example is Mike Tomlin. Uh, and the Steelers have a history of hiring uh, young head coaches going back to uh, Chuck Knoll, uh, also Bill Cower. Uh, and one of the reasons, I think, for the Steelers' success is their stability. Not just hiring a young guy, hiring the right young guy for head coach. Right. Um one of the things the Steelers have done right. Um, I'll tell you, though, the Redskins had, I think this season, very good talent and very good depth at their offensive skill positions. And that's what the Rams lacked was talent at those skill positions. So, uh, you know, you, you know, you need the quality ingredients to make a good cake. And uh, just the Rams didn't have that on offense. So, uh you know the Rams. They gotta, um, you know, uh, you know, they gotta get a little more talent in there. Well, that and their offensive offensive philosophy was so archaic and so predictable that um, it was very easy to. I, I watched a lot of Rams game because I, I I happen to be a, a pretty big Todd Gurley fan, and I wanted to see each and every game how they used them. And it was uh, uh, woefully inadequate in, in the ways they used their best player. Um, 
and and how to use them and in what situations they they didn't use them and, and um and try to get the most out of what what little they had they lacked imagination on the offense when when you have you you have to be pretty imaginative um when you lack talent so you can make the most out of the talent and they had a Defensive-minded coach and most defensive-minded coach, not all of them, are pretty basic in their offensive philosophy. We're going to run the ball and play good defense. Well, when you don't have a solid offensive line like the uh, L.A. Rams did, uh, you have to find ways to get your best player the ball and not run them uh, two or three times into the middle of the uh, uh, offensive line, which is going to get you nowhere. You got to you got to involve him more in the passing game that this guy doesn't have, didn't have hands of stone and weren't, he wasn't using being, uh, wasn't being used enough or, um, and the imagination of the offensive coordinator was really lacking. Now they bring in a young guy and supposedly from what I understand, because I listened to this yesterday, uh, they, uh, today, they, they, he really blew him away. I mean, in order for a guy that's, 30 years old, that goes in. Um, he's been an offensive coordinator for a few years. Um, this is his probably, I don't know, I'm not sure if he ever got a shot at in an interview last year. Um, but he must have been uh, a guy that blew him away, uh, meaning the hierarchy of the Los Angeles Rams, that they didn't let him get out of the building. You're not getting out of the building. We want you now. Um, we're ready to hire you now. And, I, and um, uh, I thought Kyle Shanahan would have been perfect for this guy, but I, I mean, perfect for this team. Um, Cause he, he, he's the same type of guy, young guy, uh, innovative offensive mind uh, and a, able to be an imaginative enough and being able to coach a, 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 um, a quarterbacks. And, 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 and it's key that if you're an offensive coordinator, you got to be able to coach up your quarterback, uh, be able to relate and, and get the most out of your quarterback if he's got any kind of talent. Now, uh, it's still waiting to see for Jared Goff if he has had talent. But I think if you have a guy, and Jeff, Jeff Fisher and, and that coaching staff was piss poor in, in the development of quarterbacks, uh, especially Jared Goff, so you have to have some somebody that can be, relate and uh, be able to develop and get the most out of a quarterback. And, and I think uh, this is a step in the right direction for the L.A. Rams. So let's move on to the last hire of today. Um, there's still one out there, but the last hire of today is the uh, uh, San Diego oh, – excuse me. Excuse me. It's not the San Diego Chargers anymore. And we'll, in fact, I'll talk about that first before we go to the uh, uh, hiring. It's been reported today that um, Mr. Spanos and, 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 and his organization uh, decided that they could no longer uh, wait for the city of San Diego as long as they've waited to try to get a deal done to get a new stadium. So they decided, just like LeBron, to, 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 to take their talents and their players, 
excuse me, to the uh, city of L.A., along with a new logo and a new head coach. First, I want you to talk about what your thoughts about San Diego, who's been in, uh, um, excuse me, L.A. now, L.A. Chargers, who started in 1960 out of the L.A. Chargers before moving a year later to San Diego and become the San Diego Chargers for over 50 years, 55 years, something like that. Uh, but they're moving back to L.A. now. What's your thoughts on um, – I got conf- conflicting thoughts of myself. I, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, uh, the NFL, all this greed, um, they, 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 they can't get together and uh, finance or get financing from someone or, or, or whatever because of the logo, because of the name, the NFL. And, and, the, and, the, and the endless amount of money that they make uh, couldn't keep San Diego Chargers in um, San Diego and finance their deal uh, or, or come up with some money to match what the, um, the owner comes up with or because the – and not put the burden on the city of San Diego to uh, foot some of the bill. Um, or uh, does the city have an obligation to put some of the bill um, because the NFL team is in their city and it gets a lot of revenue from the NFL when they play games there and uh, the like? What's your thoughts? You know, I mean, uh, you know, the San Diego Chargers have been in business since before I was born, and They've never won won a Super Bowl. They've uh, nope. they've been one, but they haven't won it. And but to tell you, they've had a lot of great players. You know, mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself in my Don Facendo voice, you know, Kellen Winslow, Dan Fouts, Dan Fouts, yep, Ladanian Tomlinson, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, very some, you know, they've won a lot. And I'll I'll tell you the one year. And it goes to show you some of the dysfunction in that team. Marty Schottenheimer leads them to a 14 and two season, and then gets canned. I mean, yep. Who has the chutzpah to fire a head coach after a 14 and two season? And, yep. You know, uh, and Marty was very close with Ladanian Tomlinson. And yes, he was. A lot of owners would be afraid of alienating their star player, but not not the Spanoses. Nope. Um. No, they were very close. You know, I think they tried to downplay it. And, you know, I mean, uh, Ladanian is a very likable guy. And especially Mm -hmm. then, he's just this nice, young, polite guy from Texas. Everything is yes, sir, no, sir. You know what I mean? You you don't meet a Mm -hmm. lot of folks anymore. Um, And and in the uh, football life, Schottenheimer, he said, you know, you're not supposed to have favorites, but you do. Mm -hmm. Sure you do. And a lot of times... A favorite is likely to be a star player. You know, a coach is going to invest into that relationship. Um, but I remember shaking my head after after that firing, and that was why that type of dysfunction is why Eli Manning did not want to play for the San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, uh, but you know, it's a, it, it, it's more than a business at this point. It's an industry, and. The thing is, uh, the, the people of San Diego, they knew what was at stake, and they got to vote on increasing the hotel tax, which that's a good tax to increase because usually it's people from out of town who are paying it. 
Right. And that would have financed a new stadium, and they voted against it. So what did they think was going to happen? I mean, it's unfortunate, but at least they had the chance to vote on it because uh, sometimes it's not that clear. And, you know, some of these Charger fans who I sympathize with are uh, demonstrating in front of the team's offices. Well, they, they should have demonstrated last year before that vote, you know. Um, I don't know why people voted against that, that tax increase, but uh, they did. And unfortunately, they're, you know, I don't know if L.A. could support two teams. And they're going from, in two years, going from zero NFL teams to two. Uh, at least it is a regional move because L.A. is only about 120 miles north of San Diego. Uh, that'd be a, a lot of driving if you were a Charger fan, you wanted to go to all eight home games if you were a season ticket holder, but maybe it's something you could do once or twice a year. And I heard 120 miles, a highway driving in California goes pretty quick. Cause I heard the folks out there drive pretty quick. Um, you know, so that it does make us a, a little bit of a difference. It being a regional move, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it does stink for uh, those fans. And, you know, as a, as, you know, a neutral fan, a fan, you know, 3,000 miles away, you know, you like seeing the same teams in the same city year after year. But, you know, that, you know, it's a business world and business decisions get made. Speaking of business decisions get made, they're moving. And now they have a new head coach that has to, to take over while a team is moving to L.A. with a new logo which uh, I'm not too – I got to see the whole thing on, on a helmet to see how it looks because it doesn't look too impressive to me. Um, what's your thoughts on Anthony? And I get, uh, before, before I, ask, I get your thoughts, this is another hire that I absolutely um, will relate to fantasy. Simple reason is this um, – when Anthony Lynn took over, and I, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but I talked about it with Vic, and I talked it on the master plan at length when he took over that. He was the running back coach, and, and LaShawn McCoy loved this guy. He came into being the offensive coordinator, and I said before, he, when, it, when, it, when it was announced that he was going to be the offensive coordinator, that LaShawn McCoy is going to get huge. He's going to blow up. And in fact, he was because he's their best player. And in fact, that was what happened. Well, people, those that are listening, and Jeff, you're included. I had talked about Melvin Gordon this previous season, and he blew up. And the sky's the limit for this guy, it, even more now, because he has an offensive-minded coach that – had one of the best running games in Buffalo in the NFL. Now he's got another very, very good runner in Melvin Gordon, who I know he's going to showcase as long as he uh, uh, gets improvement on the offensive line. Um, Melvin Gordon is going to have another huge year. I mean, uh, regardless if Danny Woodhead comes back or not, Melvin Gordon is going to be featured just like LaShawn McCoy was featured in Buffalo with Anthony Lynn going to San Diego, I mean San Diego, Los Angeles uh, Chargers now. Um, uh, and he has a very good quarterback along with a running back. 
along with a nice young tight end and some very young wide receivers, as long as they stay healthy, and they've always had a problem with their wide receivers over the last few years of them staying healthy. Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, um, I'm trying to think of it, Inman. Um, these are good, very good wide receivers that Phillips Rivers has, along with Hunter Henry and still Antonio Gates there. Um, you, you got a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, as long as you fix the offensive line. Joey Bosa on the defensive side of the ball, and the defense is getting better. Um, this is the team that will be fantasy rele- relevant with players that are fantasy relevant with a offensive mind that is is, is um, innovative. Let me put it that way. Um, they improved that offense in Buffalo um, a lot after he took over from Greg Romans. So what's your thoughts on Anthony Lynn? Well, you know, I'm still trying to figure out you know, what's going on with these hires. But I, I think that the Chargers, after they fired uh, Mike McCoy, they did retain their assistance. And I think they want to keep uh, Ken Wisenhunt as their offensive coordinator. So, uh, and I'm sure this was talked about with Anthony Lynn. So if that's mm-hmm. the case, continuity is good for that offense. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, you ever read these articles by written by quote experts and I wish I saved it somebody yeah. in the off season was saying that Melvin Gordon was hot garbage because he had a disappointing rookie year and you know and then it's not really relevant because uh Wisconsin running backs haven't done so well in the NFL mm-hmm. and they gave some examples well his style is very different than Ron Dane and P.J. Hill and guys like that. And also, mm-hmm. it's not relevant because those guys played a long time ago and they played under different college coaches, et cetera, et cetera. And I wish I kept that article so I could send it back to the uh, person who wrote it because that was so far off the mark. Um, and, and if you got uh, Melvin Gordon in the middle rounds, there's a good chance <laughs> you made it to the playoffs, and good for you. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I uh, I got lambasted every time I picked Melvin Gordon in a draft. Huh? I I, yeah, so, I got yeah, lambasted, you, and, lambasted and laughed at when I picked Melvin Gordon up, and I kept on telling everybody that that's like a, a shooting friend of mountaintops. Melvin Gordon is going to have a huge year. You, you, trust me when I tell you this. And, and uh, the so-called experts didn't even see it come going uh, come uh, happening. They just thought he was going to be um, a, a replay of uh, last year. Um, I didn't think that was the case. I mean, Danny Woodhead getting hurt accelerated that, but he was well on his way anyway. Um, just a matter of getting the opportunity. That's all. Talk to, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I mean, uh, like I'm sure – it was discussed in their meetings because, uh, you know, some coaches have more control over their staff than others, but right. it appears that ownership wants to keep uh, that staff intact. And But, you know, uh, and it depends. I mean, I don't think he'll keep everybody, and some guys will keep. Some guys might get promoted or move, and some guys might move on. So, uh, you know, now they're playing, you know, musical chairs. <laughs> with uh, a lot of these coaches. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But I'm I'm curious because uh, you know one of the many things to consider about this uh, Chargers move is uh, you know if they're going to change the logo, hey, why don't they change the nickname too? If that's what they're going for, is uh, you know surprisingly uh, at least a year ago, Philip Rivers was saying you know uh, he doesn't want to play in L.A. and uh, I think last I checked uh, he had eight children he, he might have yes. nine or ten by now <laughs> uh, they don't call him fertile Phil for nothing yeah. uh, you know he has any more kids he'll, he'll be able to have his own team um, and uh, you know uh, I, he you know he went on record saying he doesn't want to be in LA uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you never know I mean he could retire possibly. I mean, I don't think so. He's got a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, he was playing pretty well this year. Um, but, uh, I'm sure, you know, believe me, uh, it, it's an adjustment, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I think they could talk him into it if, uh, he's having doubts about LA. Okay. Well, last thing on, on, on the uh, docket today, uh, is this, we got, Two hot names out there um, that are offensive coordinators on two playoff teams. Um, both happen to be number one seeds in a respective uh, um, conference. Uh, and one available coaching spot still untaken. That's the San Francisco 49ers. The two guys I'm talking about are Josh McDaniel and uh, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, and both of those guys really can't be interviewed this weekend uh, because now they're in the mix of the um, playoffs. Uh, I think both of them had interviews last weekend when it was a bye week, uh, but they can't have interviews while they're playing the playoffs. So neither one of these really can be interviewed um, until maybe Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl time, meaning if both of these guys get to the Super Bowl, they could possibly on the middle weekend get uh, um, interviewed. Uh, but who do you think is going to take over the lowly, and I hate to say it, it's unbelievable that, that it's come to this, San Francisco 49 head coaching job. What's your thoughts? You know, I haven't been following that too closely. Um, did they hire a GM? No. No GM, no head coach. Because, uh, you know, uh, usually, you know, the, you got to get the GM. He brings in his guy to be on the, be a head coach, and there those guys are joined at the hip. And uh, usually they've worked together before, and that, that – Usually, well, it has a chance to work out well. When you do it the opposite way, it frequently doesn't work out well. The Niners are now looking to have their uh, fourth head coach in four years, and uh, it's making uh, Harbaugh look like a genius because it it was like he left the Titanic at the right time. And, uh, uh, you know, they, you know, the I think the ownership of the, you know, the front office didn't like him, but you know, a lot of people don't like him. But he wins, he wins consistently, and uh, you know that I don't think that could be disputed. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I know that 
from what I'm reading here, uh, Terry McDonough from the Cardinals is is uh, um, supposed to interview for the GM job. Uh, Jimmy Ray III is supposed to have had uh, interview for the uh, GM job. Um, the uh, George Patton from the Minnesota is uh, supposed to interview for the GM job. So um, there's there's guys that are interviewing for the coaching job and also interviewing for the GM job, like Kyle Shanahan. Like, uh, I mean, these, these, these interviews, from what I'm seeing here, John, Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan, along with two other guys, Anthony Lynn and Sean McVay, who've already gotten hired from uh, from other teams, have interviewed for the job. Tom Cable is supposed to interview for the uh, uh, um, uh, job also. So I don't know if it's going to be cart before the horse or the horse comes before the cart in this, meaning the GM before the coach or the coach before the GM. Who knows what's, how this is going to shake out. Um, this is the 49ers. They've been dysfunctional for a while. Hopefully they get a GM that wants to hire whoever's coach that he wants to hire versus hiring a coach and then hiring a GM to work with the coach, which is the best awkward if you, if you ask me. But um, this is the 49ers. Uh, they haven't been um, since Harbaugh. They haven't been really uh, on the same page as everyone else in the NFL. For uh, uh, for for a little bit, so it is what it is. All right, Jeff, um, we come to the end of the show. Uh, you got any parting shots before we uh, um, take leave and um, uh, wait till next week for our next show? Yeah, the big uh, local uh, story this week, uh, besides football, was uh, uh, New York Knicks star disappeared. Um, Derek Rose and hysterically the team find him a whole 500 bucks which this a guy making the kind of money that he is it's like going to your job and getting fined a quarter yep for going a wall yep and you know what uh you know in, in basketball yeah the stars kind of run the show so you know Rose got away with his uh, irresponsibility. I mean, yeah, okay, he said he had a family problem. It would have taken two seconds to make a phone call. Um, and you know what? He might have kissed away his shot again in a maximum deal because if this is the way he acts looking for a maximum deal, you you don't want to put this guy, uh, sign him up for the big bucks. And it reminded me a little, and I heard stories I was really little when it happened. Uh, Marvin Barnes once went AWOL during the season. But he was looking for uh, more money. And Marvin Barnes was quite a colorful character. And uh, his career, very promising career, got uh, derailed by drugs. And I hate to say it, when a guy goes AWOL like Rose did, uh, not that I have any proof whatsoever, I don't think he has a history, it makes you wonder if drugs are involved. Uh, yeah. you know, um, I hope, I hope not, but you know, I mean, come on, he's a veteran player. He should know better. And, uh, you know, for a while they didn't know where he was. Yeah. Um, uh, not, not cool at all. Not cool. And, uh, obviously he's not the answer. Uh, you know, he couldn't, well, so there, there's a lot of theories going on. He might've called, uh, his boy, uh, he's close with, uh, Joakim Noah, 
but Noah's keeping his mouth shut because he doesn't want to get his pal in trouble. Unfortunately, Noah's not playing so great for the Knicks, and they're on the hook for his contract for a few years. Um, I really wanted to see him play well for the Knicks. Uh, I haven't seen, you know, I usually start watching more hoops after uh, NFL is over because uh, if he was playing well on defense, the the Garden fans would love the guy. He's from New York, and uh, Knicks fans love good defense. Uh, Yep. And, uh, you know, they're they're smart fans, and uh, they they know good uh, ball when they say it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I hate to say, uh, they were comparing uh, Phil Jackson to Isaiah Thomas. Uh, That's a little premature, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, Phil's a great coach. Maybe he's not a great uh, front office guy. All right. Um, All right, Jeff, thank you for that. Thank you for uh, joining me tonight. Um, Tune in, people, next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night, as always. Uh, It'll be the 19th which is uh, next Thursday. Also tune in uh, this Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, where me and uh, Mr. FSP, Vic Gardner, will be on the FSP show. And also on Sunday, um, I think I'm going to do a recap of the fantasy season since it's over with. Um, The only left right now is the divisional playoffs, which leads to the uh, conference um, championships, which quite naturally leads to the two combatants who are going to show up for each other um, in the Super Bowl. So I think I'm going to do a recap fantasy-wise. And maybe, in fact, I did say this, I'm going to do a mock draft. I know it's early, but at least once a month, that's probably, this is going to be uh, Master Plan's uh, 1.0 mock draft for January. But at least once a month, I'm going to be doing a mock draft 12 teams. It's going to be a PPR. I'm going to do, be doing a mock draft leading up to the 2017 uh, fantasy football season. So that's going to be eight, starting from January, ending in, in um, um, August. So it's going to be uh, eight versions starting with January, like I said, which is going to be 1.0. Uh, and that's going to be on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. With that being said, Jeff, uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, Jeff and myself will enjoy the um, uh, divisional playoff games, NFC or AFC games. It's going to be four good games on, uh, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, uh, one of them being my Houston Texans, who are huge underdogs. But um, just like in fantasy, uh, it may not look like you have a chance, but you never know. That's why they play the game. Um, uh, huge odds. Uh, huge underdog, but you never know what may happen. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, or listen to you or whatever next week. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this Cover every sport and we get it all right Log on the site, you can listen tonight Talk about the game, who in first place You can even call up, state your own case Football, b-ball, soccer too Log on, ain't nobody stopping you It's Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, yeah, come on Fantasy Sports and Politics